the documentary took its title, its name, by what Homer said the first time he uh, traveled to Crete. The first time he saw Crete, he said, there is an island called Crete in the midst of the wine-dark sea. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. So we are back in action. We're back to recording. And our first guest of 2023 is Krissa Georgie. Krissa Georgie is a film director and wine documentarian. So when Krissa decided to study wine, she realized that her hometown, Crete in Greece, was nowhere to be found in the wine books. So she did something about it. She made a wine documentary specifically about Crete. Listen to her full story right here on The Swirl Suite. Welcome to The Swirl Suite, everyone. Happy New Year, ladies. We are back. Happy New Year. (laughs) We are back in action. Um, How was everybody's holiday and New Year? It was fun. You know, we had a good time. I hosted New Year's Eve at my mom's for my cousin. Cute. And then we went to my cousin's house for um, New Year's. I mean, Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day. And I was back here for New Year's Eve at an event downtown. So that was fun. It was fun. Oh, I did the um, drag queen brunch on New Year's Eve Oh, day. cute. Oh, nice. And so it was in the building that's the Bohemian Caverns. Have they closed that down? Because the name of the, the company that sponsored it is called Harlot. Bohemian Caverns has closed has been closed for a long time. For a while. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they took over. Okay, so they took over that building, but that was a lot of fun. Very I can true. imagine. Did they have bottomless mimosas? No, but I had a bucket of mimosas. A bucket. So you, you're gonna yeah, have to break so, that down. Oh yeah, you're gonna so have you to help us Five uh three seventy-fives, five of okay. them. Five. And then um a picture of whatever your mixing beverage is and then you could you can do what you want so okay. so what bubbles were they using well oh uh, serving let's just say they were bubbles it was a champagne but you know now you know hmm. it wasn't jewels was it because that's pretty that's pretty decent, and a couple of places in DC have been using that for bottomless. And I was what is surprised. it? Jules, I'm probably saying it right. J U L E S. It's the they. I mean, it retail the bottle oh, itself it's, retails nine ninety nine to ten ninety nine. Is and it Jules Laurent? Yeah, and it's actually champagne. Surprisingly enough, and I was like, oh, hmm. this is so much better than Wycliffe. I know we probably have to beat that out or whatever that stuff is. Because oh, be we carry it, but we carry the cremant. It wasn't the cremant because I love we the carry, cremant. We, we carry the cremant. Okay. Jews okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do um, pretty well. That yeah, that's yeah, that's a really nice uh uh option for mimosas. Mm-hmm. Huh. Depending on what they serve with it. <laughs> 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 my holiday was okay. Um, I got my first cold in like two years, um, right before New Year's. So oh no. It it was a common cold, but yeah, it took me down like the flu. I don't know what 
that was. But my goodness, I don't know where I got it from. Like I said, I haven't been sick in years because of like COVID and we've been hibernating and I still wear a mask out. So I just threw mine yeah. off when I got to my car <laughs> in the subway. I throw, I don't even bring it in the house. I throw it right there in the mm, trash can. That's smart. Yeah. But I was down for, um, you know, the beginning of the new year. But, uh, you know, I got back up and got my life together. Before our special guest comes on, um, I have to bring this up. Y'all know Tia and Tamara, the twins? Yes. <laughs> okay. So Tamara, now this girl owns a winery with her husband, yes. right? So house she got one? on. She got on. Insta- house, house one. The which one? I, I, you have to tell me which the one that's getting divorced or the one that's married to Jewish. The, the one that's married to the Jewish man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this, this week she posted on Instagram. This um she did this trick. She did like a media trick where she squeezed um an orange and mimosa came out of her hand into a glass. It was some. It was some sort of trick or whatever, but the wine that she was using was Andre. Right. Everybody, (laughs) all the followers was like, girl, why, 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 why are we doing that? So, you know, okay. So this is what had happened. She didn't tell me, but this is what I think. Her and her media person said, okay, we're going to do these reels, da, 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 da. So then she said to her assistant, I need you to get these props for me. And her assistant went down to the corner store and got the arm. That's my little violin. That's what happened. That's that's First of all, you know that that girl does not live near a corner store. You know she lives in Hollywood Hills somewhere. I think think that Andre wrote her a big fat check. Yeah. Put that on her Instagram. Wow. That's the only way I would do it. She is doing a lot of product endorsements. It's like every time you turn around, you're like, this chick is doing another product endorsement. Hmm. Listen, I don't know. But I mean, she knows really bad. Well, she has to know bad wine at this point. Andre falls, you know, <laughs> falls under you that know. category. It's well, kind you know, essential for probably, me. She probably flavored it with a little vanilla poop. Oh, stop. <laughs> On that note, Let's bring our special guest on, Cressa. Welcome Hello. to the Swell Suite. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, you have a really good podcast voice. It's very sultry. I used to be a radio host um, and a hypnotherapist, and before I turned into a wine, so I have this voice. So Whoa. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at you like this from now on. I ain't messing with you, Chris. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, let me get some shades or something. <laughs> Turn my camera on. We be in here running around drinking vanilla pudding and Andre with an orange. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Krista, please introduce yourself to everyone. I am Krista Georgie. I am a documentary filmmaker, and I am a student of wine. I was born and raised in Crete, Greece. And uh, I came to the U.S. eight years ago uh, trying to further my studies in marketing. That's when I fell in love with hypnotherapy because marketing and advertising is a lot about embedded messages and 
it's it's a kind of hypnosis <laughs> and uh i was living my life and then i suddenly i decided okay wouldn't it be interesting to start uh wine as a hobby so i went on to study with the wsct uh i went through the first three levels quite quickly and then i realized that Crete is not mentioned at all in the books. And I decided to change that. And that's how filmmaking came into my life. I do have a background as a journalist. Um, and I, I had to figure out everything else. My goal and my passion was to introduce Crete and wines from Crete to to the enophiles, to the wine lovers here in the U.S. And I thought a documentary film would be the best medium to do so. That's amazing. Um, can we back up? So tell us what it's like to grow up in Crete. Crete is a small island the size of, let's say, Long Island. And it has no more than 500,000 uh, people staying there in four different cities. I was born and raised in uh, Heraklion, the capital city of Crete. Um, and from a really early age, you realize that you live in a place that is close to the mountains, but also close to the, the water. It's an island. I mean, it's uh, every direction you go towards um, the north or the the south, you you can see that you are in in close proximity to the water. So um, that said, Crete is also one of the islands that have the most um, uh, highest um, mountains in in Greece for 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 um, an island that's really uh, unique and that creates. Um, other opportunities for um, hiking and mountain climbing, and we have a lot of gorges. Uh, so growing up in Crete, it was a very outdoors-related life and lots of vitamin C, lots of fresh food that you can find either from the mountains with goats and sheep and and fresh herbs and, and greens, and then what whatever uh, the sea brings with fish and uh, all the mediterranean delicacies that are involved so yeah growing up in in crete it was a really happy time happy childhood um you know we had to go um as a family almost every family has a small vineyard and um I was raised in, in the vineyards and olive groves. Of course, I have to be a student first. So that was my priority as a kid. But every summer and, and every winter, I, re I remember being in the vineyard or being in the olive grove, helping my grandfather and uh, making fun of my sister, who always liked to sleep under the olive tree. Um, she would work for an hour and then she would take a long break until the lunchtime. As you were talking, I, I just, I could see 
I could see everything. I guess the way you're describing your childhood and the way you grow up, I feel like I can visualize everything. It's It sounds fantastic. Close your eyes, get some shades, because she's hypnotizing <laughs> all of us. Watch this one. No, okay. <laughs> I'm hypnotizing you to love creatures. No <laughs> oh, that's already there. So how, how do you make the leap from being a hypnosis, if that's the right term? Hypnotherapist. Hypnotist. Yeah. Hypnotherapist, right. To moving into film and wine, how does that happen? That is a really good question. It, now that I'm thinking about it, it wasn't really a conscious decision. It was more like I have to do this right now and I have to put everything else uh, in, in a pause. Um, of course, for a, a year uh, into the filmmaking craziness I was maintaining my uh, practice as a hypnotherapist but after I became busy with the filmmaking and screenings and and other projects I had to let that go of course hypnotherapy is hypnosis or a hypnotic state is always in every film that you watch um, you're being transported in another world and uh, we do that through film and storytelling. Storytelling has been the first uh, idea of hypnosis since the beginning of mankind or since we started having language as civilizations. Question. So how many grape varieties are um, grown in Crete and um is there a particular one that's more prevalent than another? Crete as an island has 15 grape varieties, currently only 11 in production. And um, this is very uh, confusing for consumers because they think of an island, I mean, think of a Greek island, Santorini, right? We, th we think of Santorini and we think Asirtiko, right? Mm-hmm. It will be, Santorini also has other grape varieties. So it's easier for the consumer, I think, to associate Crete. Yes, we know that there are all these varieties, but I think one white and one red that everybody must try. The hypnotic voice again. The white variety is Vidiano. That's V I D I. A-N-O, Vidiano. Huh? And the red variety for me, my favorite red variety is Yatico. L-I-A-T-I-K-O, Yatico. Uh, if I had to compare um, Vidiano with an international variety, that would be a combination of the fresher side would be Sauvignon Blanc. And on the fuller side, it would be like a Viognier. And when it comes to Liatico, I believe in the fresher style um, that would resemble a, a Pinot Noir from Oregon. And in the more developed, I would say Burgundy. So if you want to remember two varieties, trust me, that's Vidiano for the whites and Liatico for the reds.
Before we move on, I we didn't realize how local you are, but you're very close to us in the Maryland area. When you want authentic Greek food and wine, where do you go? Do I have the wine or is it I can bring the wine? Is it a restaurant that allows for that? Um, tell me both. Tell me. Um, yeah, tell me both. Okay. When um when when I'm in the mood for an elevated Greek food and wine uh, restaurant experience, I go to Nostos in in Virginia. I have to go to Virginia for that. <laughs> okay, spell that for us because I'm gonna look it up right now. N o s t o s, Nostos. Found it. Good. Yep, found it. Wonderful. Oh, it's in Vienna, y'all. Okay, that's not too bad. I'll drive anywhere for Greek food. So, oh, we should meet and and have uh, have a dinner together. Yes. Listen, we're already trying to trying to come to Crete. Yeah. So both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's that, just that, a, could, that could be a planning meeting. Yes, yes it's I just mean, a date on a calendar. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yay! And, so and then the when I B have y the wine, B, yeah. <laughs> when I have the wine and. Um, uh, I get my wines uh, from a local shop here in Baltimore. I go to Samos restaurant. S-A-M-O-S. Samos restaurant. It's the most authentic food I, I have found in in um, Baltimore. And it feels, it almost feels like it's a, a, a grandma in, in the back cooking for us. So all I needed to hear. Got it. So I'm reacting like this because I I I don't travel much, especially not as as much as Leslie and Glennis and Tanisha. But I've been to Greece and all of the food was good everywhere I went. Even the touristy areas, food was fantastic. That's the thing with Greece. So it is really difficult to find bad food in, in Greece. Mm. Um, that said, I have found some places that the food is not that good. But mostly you cannot go wrong because it's the fresh ingredients. And um, I think it's the love that people put into cooking it. It may sound a little woo-woo, but I believe in... In, in that very much, uh, um, in observing my grandma, both my grandmothers making different dishes um, as a as a as a kid, I remember both of them when they put the food in the oven. They they make the sign of the cross and they say a wish, and I'm like every time. But why do you have to do that? You're following the same recipe. You're doing exactly the same thing. Why do you have to put like the a blessing for for the food, um, but every time and every time um, I would like as a kid stare at the oven uh, and wait for the bread to rise. For example, they would um, they would um, shout at me saying, "No, no, no, no! You're gonna give it the bad eye, the evil eye." <laughs> Very superstitious when it comes to food. <laughs> I love that. I love that. 
So tell us the first thing. So tell us the moment you decided to make this documentary about Crete. And then what was the first thing you had to do? Oh, God. Um, well, I did a lot of research when I realized that in WSET level three and then the diploma, there is no Crete. Um, I researched other um wine certifications to see whether I can find Crete anywhere and I couldn't find it I couldn't find it so then I did the online research different documentaries there was nothing not not in Crete for Crete but for Greece there was no documentary out there and I thought well I will change that at that moment I felt it into my heart but I had no background in filmmaking. I didn't know how to hold a camera other than my phone camera or set a scene or how to conduct an interview, where to have people look. I knew nothing about that. But I'm one, one good thing about my personality, personality is that I'm not afraid to learn something new. So I said, okay, I lifted my sleeves and I, I got into work. Uh, the first thing I did, I bought an online course in documentary filmmaking. I finished it in 12 hours. I, I From start to finish, I didn't stop. And then I emailed the different wineries in, in Crete. There are 33, I think, or 36 wineries. I emailed all of them. <laughs> and 11, 15 replied, then we ended up filming for 11 wineries. Um, and then I booked my tickets for Greece. The you asked for the first step, I gave you the first three steps. Honestly, uh, Greece is the oldest winemaking region in the world. One, one of the oldest. Uh, the archaeological findings have shown that Georgia is the oldest, the area around ca Caucasus, Caucasus. How do we say that in English? Caucasus. The Caucasus Mountains. Yes. And I think it's interesting that in the in the different studies, organizations, that they don't address um, Greece. regions like Greece. It when you were when you were making this determination, did you ask them why is it not included? I asked a few uh, people I respected in the wine industry, mm -hmm. and the response I got was, um, you know, Greek wine and especially wines from Crete are not that good of they they're not good quality wines. I'm like, what? Yeah. Interesting. That's asinine. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't agree. That's absolutely inaccurate. Thank you. I, I would have that. I would have thought they would say the same thing that they usually say. Why you can't find? Well, not that you can't find that. It's harder to find Greek wines on wine lists because you know when you're dealing with the American public and others, it's hard to pronounce the different grapes and the city. So from a marketing standpoint, they shy away from that. But to say that it's not good quality, that's a very good. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, I would disagree. 
Yeah, that's true. The names are so difficult to pronounce. A lot more uh, syllables. But I think it's a, it's a learning curve. Slowly right. and steadily, everybody can say Liatico or Viano. Right. Uh, the same way we say Pinot Noir or Sauvignon Blanc. Or... I it's mean, a learning wine, curve. Wine is its own language. And you start to, you know, when you study the regions, you learn language. That's it. It's not that hard. Right. Right. You just and, have to put a little effort into it. Exactly. And and many people think of Crete and they think hot summer, um, beach, uh, vacation. They don't think of wine. Uh, but because of how Crete is as an island with a lot of mountains, it has a lot of microclimates. And very uh, the higher you go in altitude, the lower temperatures you have. So you can create... You can cultivate quality grapes because of that reason. So is the documentary complete or are you still filming? Oh, God, it's complete. It's oh, complete. darn. I was trying to get us a shameless plug to get the swirl, sweet quit. I'm sorry. It's complete and it's uh, available through Amazon Video and Apple TV. Amazing. So um, tell us about it. Tell us the title and like give us a little synopsis of the documentary. So the documentary is the documentary took its title, its name um, by what Homer said the first time he uh, traveled to Crete. Homer is a historical poet. He wrote the uh, Odyssea, um, the Iliad. Uh, following um, the adventures of uh, Odysseus. And uh, the first time he saw Crete, he said, there is an island called Crete in the midst of the wine-dark sea. And I said, okay, this is a lengthy title, but I have to give that documentary um, this title. Uh, so in the Wine Dark Sea, it's a 90-minute documentary about the wines of Crete, 11 indigenous grape varieties. Um, the stories are of the grapes are being told by 11 different wine producers, one master of wine, and three um, university professor professors of enology. Um, then I felt like the documentary needed the connection with the American, um, consumer. So I took it to, uh, a couple of chefs here in the U S I had them try wines in front of the camera and, uh, tell me with what food would they pair the wines. Um, all of them were trying wines for the first time. And they were amazed by the quality. Again, um, proving that I was right. <laughs> so when you say Amazon video, is that Prime TV or Prime? You don't or have you to know? be on Prime. You don't? Okay. And to those who are uh, members of libraries, it's also available through the libraries for free. So in trying to figure out what, what Homer saw, I spent countless hours doing uh, sunrise and sunset to figure out whether 
something happened with the the light that made the sea look like dark wine. I was thinking of um, um, we have a wine in Crete called Mandilari, which is almost purpley. So I was trying to figure out mm, maybe he tried some Mandilari and then he saw the the um, the sun going down. Uh, but then I read in a research of someone um, that was uh, saying that either the Greeks were color colorblind, the ancient Greeks were colorblind, or they had no references to say red, for example. So the closest uh, to the color that he could recognize was wine, not red. Interesting. What? Oh, that would probably be going off topic again. So Serena so would probably cut it out. But I wonder why they the the reference to Greeks being colorblind um, back then is it because because uh, you you think about the Romans and the lead that was in the, uh, the um, water because of the aqueducts that they had, that they had created. So you would have some learning disabilities. Go figure. Um, but I wonder if what what was the cause of that rumor or truth of Greeks back ancient Greeks being colorblind, or was there just not a name for it? That's interesting. I, th I think that that's the reason there was uh, there was not a name for it at that point, uh, or a reference for for the colors. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I did, by the way, find out a, a moment where I could capture the the rea the reaction, the reflection of the water and the sun as it was going down, and it was a little bit purple. Mm -hmm. And that's the opening scene in in the documentary. Wow. I wonder if Homer oh, was got drunk. It. I think Homer could have been drunk. He was probably drinking all the Maldelati. Maybe that 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 could be another explanation. Homer was drunk when visited Crete for the first time. <laughs> it pro it provides perspective. Oh yeah, you go to you go to Crete. You film. You bring the wine to America and have American um, American professionals taste it. You make your documentary. How did you feel when you watched it? The first time I watched it uh, completed, I uh, I didn't believe I managed to do that. It felt like there was a flow of energy that everything aligned properly, and the story the story was being told by itself. And in ancient Greece, that's that's how they perceive. Uh, the the artistic endeavors uh, in ancient Greece. If you were an artist, if you you were doing something artistic, it was believed that you lived with a a daemon in in your house, not a demon, a daemon. It's it's a different a different word, and that daemon was living in your walls, and suddenly the inspiration will come. So the daemon at that point would jump into your head and create that artistic, um, the, the, that piece of art. And um, 
I I think that's how it happened with this documentary because I had no experience in in anything and I did all everything almost everything by myself. I did hire a crew to help me with the filming in Greece. Uh but how to tell the story and how to put everything together at the end it was all me. So yeah, I didn't I don't know how it happened. I surprised myself. I surprised my mom. My mom couldn't believe it. And I I was surprised by the success it had in the different film festivals because I truly made a film that I as a wine student would love to have watched. It wasn't really for um mass consumption. You had you had to had you had to be interested in wine you had to have a curiosity about the varieties because it's a lot it's very nerdy it's a lot of information uh, but i did not expect to to get all these awards and that's how we got eventually got distribution because uh, it was discovered by an agent and then this agent wanted to represent it and here we are now sharing the film sharing the wines of crete in 64 countries across the world well congratulations thank you yeah you should be very proud of it we i can't i can't wait to watch um you made another documentary called the wine hunter tell us about the inspiration behind that so in figuring out uh things i was i was just following my curiosity and i am i was curious about what is happening with, behind the scenes of a wine importing company and i i was friends with this uh wine importer in baltimore called ras lorber and he was uh sharing through social media that he he was quitting his job and he was starting a wine importing business so i contacted him and i said well i need I, we need to tell that story so wine hunter is a film uh that talks about the business of wine importing uh of importing italian wine to the us despite the pandemic despite major life changes and challenges and how competitive the market is and we have one person's passion one per person's um willingness to let go of the rat race and follow their dream dream so this uh, uh this film comes with a warning you will watch it and you'll want to change your life so watch with caution I love it and is has this film been released as well? Not yet, but okay. we're working um very soon. I uh, I believe before um before spring of 2023 it's going to be public. Um so how long did each of these take to make? Did we say that? Uh, did I miss it? Uh it was like making a baby. <laughs> Nine months. Nine, Nine months. months. Did you get um, some pleasure out of it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would not compare having sex to making a documentary <laughs> film. No. <laughs> maybe the labor okay. giving birth, maybe that will come close. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, congratulations, Dave. Um, like Sarita, and I guess I can speak for Leslie as well. I can't wait to watch it. Thank you. Thank I you. I can't wait to 
to hear what, what you have to say. So are there any sparkling wines coming out of Crete? They are. Uh, but during the time that I was filming, they were currently in, in production. So they were not ready for me to taste. Uh, but they're trying different um, different varieties that are especially some some that were traditionally vinified as red. And they make amazing sparkling wines. I hope to see some very soon in the U.S. Look forward to it. Yeah, I love we do too. We wine. love sparkling wine. Who doesn't? <laughs> okay. Any last thoughts? Like, what what do you want to tell people about Crete and wine that comes from Crete? I I would like to tell them to be adventurous and curious and follow their curiosity and not just for Crete for any wine region out there as as wine lovers as wine consumers we often go to what's right in front of us but we can find really good quality with on a really good price tag in in wines that are a little bit off the beaten path and it it's I think we'll be pleasantly surprised. Go to a wine store, um, get to know the, the the people who work there and tell them what you like and and trust them in the recommendations. That that I believe is um is the way to to go forward when it comes to trying new varieties, not just for Crete, not just for Greece, but for any winemaking region in the world. I love it. I love it. All right. So this is the part of the show where we have a little fun. So I named this portion Crete Cuisine. Yay or nay? Okay. So we just have a few um, items from Crete that uh, Chris is going to tell us about. And... We all going to vote yay or nay. Would we eat it? Glennis, okay. Be adventurous. Here we go. <laughs> they always set me up. I'm going to get something else to drink. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, okay, Chris, uh, how do you say it? Is it Cretan or Cretan? Cretan. Cretan. Okay. Cretan cheeses. So I found a website that was all about Crete, and it says every Cretan village has its own signature cheese. They are usually made from sheep or goat's milk or a combination of both, and each cheese variety has its own local interpretation. Cretan cheeses. Yeah or nay? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I'm going to yes. go for it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yay for yeah. me. Yay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Anything else we should know about Cretan cheeses, Krista? Um, funny, funny you should ask that. My father is a, a has a how do we say that cheese factory? Yeah, he has a cheese factory. What? So I I know how to make these those cheeses, and I know how wow. that that sheep and goat milk smells when it comes fresh from the animals. It's not a pleasant smell, but. It makes great cheeses because Still, the, I mean, the sheep and the goats are free range. They're up in the mountains. They are exercising and they're um, eating all these herbs, sage, rosemary, whatever we can find in the in the uh, Cretan mountains. And that I can I can tell imparts some uh, 
uh, flavor in, in the cheese. So you got olives, you got cheese and wine. I mean, I don't know. Exactly. That's winning for me. Okay. Next one, fried snails. No. So what so what was it? Yay or nay? nay. That's what I nay. mean. <laughs> so Krista, tell us about fried snails in Crete. So we have, it's not like the big snails that we've seen, the Burgundian French cuisine. Um, they're almost one third of the size. And we fry them. So we put a layer of of um, salt and we put, put them with the head down. And we throw a little bit of olive oil and rosemary and at the end a little bit of vinegar and my god it's the most amazing flavor but yes there is a texture it's it's that slippery i always have to eat those snails with a lot of bread or french fries you said everything that you put on there except for salt. And I was thinking salt because, you know, these slugs sometimes come out the ground. We used to, in Jersey anyway, you put salt on them to make them melt away to get rid of them. So I was just waiting for you to sit. When we put salt, I was like, oh, y'all don't have nothing in the pan if you put salt because they just going to evaporate. Okay, sorry, cut that out. But I just had to do it. And Leslie's cracking up because she traveled with me to... Provence and in southern, southern part of France. I was like, no, I can't have that. Okay. Have you ever tried snails? I'm not going to. I love you. No. <laughs> I'm not. In, I, but when it comes to food, I'm not the adventurous one. Mm. That's Sarita and Leslie. They will do it. Now, other stuff, I'm adventurous. Zipline and repelling, all that kind of stuff. With food, now. Nah. <laughs> And you're not gonna hypnotize me, Krista. <laughs> I am a yay for the snails. Um, yes, as long as I have some. If they're like super slimy, it's does it? Uh, do they have a texture? Like I've had them in 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 Europe, but it was um amongst other things. So mm. um, it was. I think it was like chopped up or something. But anyway, so does it feel like an oyster or a mussel? Uh, when they're fried, not so much. Okay, not so like, much. It's like a clam. Clam. Mm, I cannot eat a clam. It's too too much for me. Too really. Like, you can't eat a clam, but but you, you can eat a snail. Yes. <laughs> Every see everybody got everybody. everybody. Yeah, you're right. Everything. Everybody has their mm -hmm. thing. Okay. Well, I'll try it. I'll give it a whirl. I, yeah, I'll give it a go. You can have my portion. Yeah. You share it with Leslie. Especially if we can have it with French fries. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the go. French fries. I'll take the mm -hmm. freaks. <laughs> okay. Cretan brandy. So, uh, Chrissy, you have to tell us the difference between uh, the brandy and the ouzo. And is it called Rocky or Reiki? Raki. 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 So, um, ouzo and Raki, they're both distilled uh, spirits. Uh, that come from the stems, the, um, that come from the, oh my God, I forgot my English. Well, like the pumice, like this, the seeds and the stems, stems, the stems of the grapes. So with ouzo, they, they add a little bit of, um, 
anise and other herbs with raki is just whatever the the grape uh, the grape must impart imparts in in the in the spirit uh in in crete we call it the water of fire and we always have an excuse to drink raki we drink raki to uh help our digestion our appetite as an aperitif we drink it as a digestive to help our dig- digestion after food we drink it as a welcome drink and we also drinking drink it as a goodbye drink we drink it at you know, joyous events and also at sad events so yes raki is um there's always a reason to drink raki in crete So yay for me. I love brandy. Raki. I love it. Yay. I think I'll go with the yay for the raki and the brandy. But the ouzo, I don't like black licorice, though. Hmm. And that's the taste of anise for me, too. It's a nay on that piece. But the other one is yay. I have had it. I had it. Ooh. And I'm going to say a nay. For both the ouzo and the raki? Yes. Yes. They're dangerous now, drinks. Yeah. Now why why the raki though? Um it did not sit well with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was the the flavor was a little too overwhelming for me. Hmm. Got gotcha. you. I've had ouzo. Ouzo is a little is a bit much. I can sip it but um by the time we left Greece, Alan was taking shots of it. So he likes it. Oh. Okay, the next one. The next one you're going to have to pronounce. Um, it's the pie. Spakia. Wait, Spakia pies. Spakia pies. Okay, tell us about these. Spakia is a, a region in the west, south of Crete. And um, they have a particular way of making these cheese pies. It's basically a, a cheese Um Think about it as the the soft goat cheese that we have here. Um, we make a ball and we mix it with a little bit of yogurt and um, I think mascarpone, but I'm not sure. Uh, the, an, an equivalent of mascarpone in Crete. We make it into a bowl and then we open a, the phyllo dough and we cover that little bowl of cheese with a bowl of phyllo. And then we we get that uh, the roller and we start rolling it. And then we throw it into a pan and we fry it. And then we take it out of the pan, pat it a little bit with a paper towel and add a little bit of honey and a little bit of cinnamon. And that's it. That's a, your, your sfakia pies. Nice. Yay. Oh, that sounds delicious. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like almost like a papusa. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yay for me. That sounds delicious. Yes. Yay. I'll, I'm all in. Me yeah. too. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Can we find uh these pies at the two of the places that you told us about? No, no? but I can okay. make them for you. <gasps> oh, well, see, well. You didn't start at something. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if we show at your doorstep, 
Don't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the BYOB spot. spot. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll just mm -hmm. send you the money so you can go buy the wine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because we can't find a whole lot of Greek wine here. Right. Hmm. All right. All right. So last one. Cretan wedding rice. Delicious, but very fattening. So it has it has a it, it's not just the rice that we cook it in goat um, broth, goat broth, and we add uh, a, a form of butter that is also from goat. And it's really, really fatty. And it almost feels like a risotto. That's the texture. And then we we add, Greeks love the, their lemons, so we add a few a few drops of lemon to break that fattiness. You kind of need that acidity. But it goes so well with white wines, red wines. I would I would prefer a more rustic style when it comes to the the Cretan wedding rice. We call it the weight wedding pilaf. Um and uh yeah, I would I would love to have a rustic style, barrel aged style of, of wines there. And the goat meat is in the rice too. Oh yes. <laughs> and you guys actually have this at weddings. This is a thing at weddings. Yes, but we not say we, we do not test for cholesterol levels after that. <laughs> Well, that's why you need to, um, Rocky, cut all that up. Cut all that fat off, yeah. Get it out of your digestive system. Well, that's a nay for me because I'm not eating no goat meat. Yay for me. I love goat. I will have hers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now yeah. I eat goat cheese, but I, I'm not eating no goat meat. Yes. Yay. Awesome. This was so fun. Thank you so much for telling us all about Crete today. Thank you for making me feel closer to Crete today and sharing all that with you <laughs> and making me hungry in that last part. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once again, tell everybody where they can follow you and where they can watch your films. I am on Facebook and Instagram as Wine Cellar Stories. And you can watch the documentary on the wines of Crete on Amazon Video and Apple TV. And if you are registered with a library, you can also watch it through your library for free. In the wine dark sea, the wines, <laughs> the wines of Crete in a film. Do you have a release date for the wine hunter? I do not. Okay. I do not. We are currently going through quality control. And that is a technical stage that it's off my hands and I'm just praying everything is okay with sound and image. Um, and and then it's, uh, it, we're very close. So you have a whole production team. I'm An saying. editor, and, or is it just you? Are you editing plus filming? I, plus am, I am just hiring people to help me with the filming in the locations that I'm going. Um, doing all the rest, the direction, the interviews, the storytelling, the editing. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. That's impressive. So impressed. I was hearing say the same thing. Um, so it is so impressive. Thank you. 
or we can also call it a control freak. It can be ah, too. well. <laughs> you just want it done correctly until you can train up someone. That you it's can your trust. vision. Yeah, that's right. Ladies, any announcements we need to close out with? Leslie, things going on in the wine club? Leslie has some. One, I have two announcements. I'm being greedy. This month, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary with Vino 301. Congratulations. We've still been around for 10 years. That is a miracle. Um, And two, February 24th, we are doing a Black wine tasting at Overdue Recognition. It is a Black art gallery in the Bowie Town Center. And so we will be doing a tasting there and um, featuring philosophy wines, but we will also have other black wines there. So check us out on both websites. The information is there. Thank you for that opportunity. Amazing. For the month of February, we are going to be interviewing black female chefs um, for Black History Month. And we're going to be talking about all black food, everything. So that should be fun. So stay tuned for that. That is a wrap, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Krista. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. Thanks for joining this world suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leave us five stars and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Buy Me Up. Glenn is at Vino Noir. Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha. Vino 301 is Leslie. And you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Up Media. <laughs>